Hey, what's up, everybody? Quick reminder, our Patreon is up and running. Go to patreon.com slash garbage. You can sign up for bonus episodes every week. We're going to be doing videos, live streams with you guys, the listeners. It's going to be a good time. Patreon.com slash garbage. Sign up today. Also, every episode of Are You Garbage we have ever recorded is now available for download everywhere for free. You can go to iTunes or YouTube. The video's there. We have, I mean, we're talking Mark Norman, Joe List, Bobby Kelly, Ari Shafir, Dan Soder, Shane Gillis, Paul Verzi, Andrew Schultz, everybody. So go check it out on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you listen. Also, full video available on YouTube. You can subscribe there as well. Peace! Welcome to another exciting edition of Are You Garbage? The show where you find out if your favorite comedians are classy individuals or absolute trash. Now, here are your hosts, Kevin Ryan and H. Foley. Hey, everybody out there, and welcome back to everybody's favorite new podcast. This is Are You Garbage? Mm-hmm. The show where we sit down with your favorite comedians and find out if they grew up classy or if they're absolute trash. I'm your host, Dave Trolley, coming at you on a beautiful fall day here in New York City from Gas Digital Studios in the big studio. Could not be more excited here in the East Village. My co-host coming at you from right fucking next to me. Oh, He's yeah. white-knuckling it right now. He's got something <laughs> stewing in him. He's burying some emotions down, I can tell you that. This kid's <laughs> ready to blow. But, gang, you know the drill. The next time you're reaching for a best pal, you go ahead and make it a kippy. Give it up for my best friend in the world. <laughs> I love you, buddy. Uh, you're setting me up for something. I don't fucking like this. Kevin James Ryan, gang. Hey, what's up, everybody? Thanks so much for tuning in. As always, please make sure you rate, review, subscribe on iTunes. Full video available on YouTube. You can subscribe there as well. And also www.patreon.com slash garbage. Yes, sir. Check it out. We're on our own. Woo! And gang, we- I need this. <laughs> <laughs> we could not be more excited to have our incredibly, incredibly, incredibly Big special get, baby. guest here Big today. Get. He's a fucking huge <laughs> get. He's tuning in all the way from the coast via 5G satellite technology brought to you by Gas Digital Studios. Uh, he is a very successful stand-up comedian, writer, podcaster, and actor. Mm-hmm. You've seen him in Crashing. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's written on The Burn with Jeff Ross. He's written on the roast of James Franco, Justin Bieber, Rob Lowe, and the fucking king, Bruce Willis. You've seen him on Roast Battle. He worked on Brody Stevens enjoying it. You've seen him on Last Call with Carson Daly at midnight, the Joe Rogan experience. He has his own special out called One Shot. And, of course, the incredibly successful host of Kill Tony. Gang, do me a favor. Give it up for the kid, the one, the only, (laughs) Tony Hinchcliffe, everybody. Look at him. (laughs) Fucking home studio, fucking things on the wall. This guy's successful. That's it. This is it. This is his biggest success yet. So I'm telling anybody <laughs> in the corner of my kitchen right now. I mean, you got the old AM radio mic right there. You look like you're calling a fucking ball game in the 40s. That thing's quality. Absolutely, man. I, I tried to get the, I tried to get the shittiest shit pop first thing on Amazon that uh, that pops up. <laughs> yeah, I did the same thing. The it was pandemic. like nine ninety nine. I'm like, this will do. Yeah. Oh, the beginning of the this quarantine, the we were all scrambling like we were Howard Stern to get fucking the feeds up and running. Yeah, I like the two big wheels, the reel to reel going and shit in my house, looking like a fucking idiot. Yeah. Ah, no shit, buddy. Thanks so much for fucking uh, coming on with us, man. We appreciate it. I know the fans appreciate it. Everybody has been fucking asking for you. 
and we couldn't course, be more excited. Because, I'm garbage. They, because no one's more garbage than me. I'm going to convince you guys. I promise. You think so? I, I, you know, I know a little bit about you. I feel like you really, you really take care of yourself now. You might have really came from garbage. But you, you run a oh, tight yeah. ship, it seems. It seems like you run a really tight Trim ship Trim right kid, now. dresses nice. I remember seeing you a couple of times over the years. Uh, like if you'd pop into the stand or somewhere in the city, always had a fresh, tight leather jacket on, nice jeans, looking fresh. Yeah. yeah. But you and think that's you're going to. I, I guess that's really what I'm claiming is I might be one of the most recovered former garbage <laughs> people. It's like when... Uh, you know, it could be like the uh, Robert Downey Jr. almost. <laughs> sure, yeah, yeah. A good second <laughs> half. Garbage with drugs. Yeah. And now I'm like scraps for little kids. Yeah. You know, His mom was a two-door just stick. Back, just got back from Pebble Beach this weekend, been golfing up and down the coast of California, driving my Corvette. I mean, I'm sort of, now I'm like old guy garbage, but I used to just be straight raw. Wait a garbage. minute, that's Don't what you roll in? You have a Corvette? Yeah. That's yep, that's nice. that's new money track. Holy that's, shit, that's, man! That's Ricky Bobby level. That's like you get a couple of bucks and you don't know how to spend it. I love it. Wait, what year Absolutely. is the Corvette? 2019. Oh, what color is it? It's black. Black uh, with two little Bruce Lee yellow stripes. Holy <laughs> shit! This guy's the fucking A team. I like damn. it. Driving around like face man. That's a transformer LA. car, damn. <laughs> that's nuts. Uh, uh, you so had to have come to from life. garbage to fucking to. That's that's your big purchase. That's, when you when Thank when you. trashy people get money, the first car is always a dead giveaway. Well, yeah. Well, I I feel like real trash. <laughs> like is like there's a difference between just trash trash and stupid trash right stupid trash would go for a mustang in that <laughs> yeah that's what i'd be that's getting stupid i'd be you looking for an iroc z yeah exactly you gotta splurge the extra six ten fifteen thousand dollars and get the real fucking car <laughs> now is that your only car or is that is that your your, your fun car oh yeah yeah yeah, no, I don't have. I don't need like some truck. I don't live like that lifestyle. So you're showing like, up to the grocery stuff. store in a fucking vet. Yeah, <laughs> can't get a you're can't fit a case of right. water in the back seat. <laughs> you got nowhere. You got to buy a six pack. I don't know if you guys know how this works, but people that yeah, you don't have to go to the grocery store yourself anymore. <laughs> That's classy. That. That's classy. Well, we're New York, so we gotta go. But still, <laughs> I just told you about the vet. You think I'm walking through a Ralph's? What are you talking about? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Fresh direct. With you can't take a nice car to the, an actual grocery store here. We're all. It's all Amazon. We just spend all the money that we make. That's just how it works. That's the rule. Dude, that's awesome. That's a my favorite answer vet. so far. Dude, getting a fucking vet. I can't, I can't even bring my. I can't believe, and this real. I noticed this a lot during the pandemic because it's like, why are I just? I've never understood for like two years now loading water and stuff like toilet paper and paper t- like it's so it's so dumb. Mm-hmm. If you, if you're not on Amazon Prime right now, you're just <laughs> you're just not even a human being. You're yeah, you got to really not be trying. Yeah. If you got a case of water in your trunk, you're trash. I'll tell you that. This guy, I, got, I, got, I got one that I'll take some out of every now and then, like a real piece of garbage. And they say it's real bad to keep those plastic bottles in a hot car because the microplastics just leak into the water. Whatever, I, dude. Dude, my mom has been slowly poisoning my family for the last 10 years because every summer there's a case of water sitting in the back of the car for fucking three days. Yeah. She's a classy broad. Holy shit. All right. So, dude, that car says so much. I can't wait to hear about uh, 
about your upbringing. I feel I feel like one of your parents had to be John Cougar Mellencamp <laughs> for you want to get a fucking vet. That's <laughs> so. Where did sort you grow up? Thumb. Yeah, where did Youngstown, you grow up? Ohio. Youngstown, the Ohio. salt of the earth, baby. That's like the epitome of salt of the earth, Youngstown. What do you know about What do you know about Youngstown? Just steel. that, yeah, that it's like a, the, the heart of America, baby. Cold it's, hard steel and Miller Lite commercials. Yeah, keep nose to the grindstone, blue collar, and then well, there was some mob activity too. I think. There you go. Yep, that's that's what I'm fishing for because uh, the mob. It's the central meeting place between New York and Chicago, uh-huh. so a lot of the biggest mobsters and uh, really a lot of the most important people. Um, back in the day, used to set up central camps in Youngstown. So it became like the third highest concentration of um, Italian people for a long time in America. And what ended up happening is a lot of mafia stuff. So yeah, it was the biggest steel producing city in the world. And when all that went down in like, and it all happened all at once, it was a big deal in Youngstown. They were the largest steel producing city in the world. And then overnight, they were nothing. And organized crime really ran rampant because all these guys had uh, no jobs. So they were looking to make money any way they could, whether it was betting on football games and all that. And, uh, um, and as you guys know, uh, you know, those mafia guys, Fridays are for the girlfriends and Saturdays are for yeah. the wives or whatever. They yeah, say yeah, yeah. The, fella. the gumal. Yeah. And um, yeah. And that's what um, that's, basically in a big way what my mom was to my father they were both married with separate families and had entire families so my mom and my dad uh actually were banging it out with each other for 11 (laughs) years 11 years on the side with no one finding out and then my mom yeah my mom has four kids i have four older brothers and sisters my the closest one is 12 years older than me that's my brother and then a sister 14 years older than me a brother 16 years older than me and a oh. sister 18 or, or 20 years older than me dude it's when in you like get two, into two, double two, digits it's Holy it's a bad look shit. that's so tough you, to come back from a double digit age spread i'm very excited i'm just beginning here and there's Holy two shit. uh older siblings on the dad's side. So they already were like done making families. They're the same thing, like 12 and 14 years older than me too. So they were done making families, but you know, in such an Italian sort of community, you don't like, you know, divorce is the last option. So they're, you know, sleeping in separate beds from their husbands Mm -hmm. and wives. They're, you know, it's just a whole different operation. And my mom got knocked up. They took a little, uh, a uh, little vacation to Niagara Falls, which goes to show you what kind of garbage we're dealing with. <laughs> Did they go to the wax museum? Holy shit. Wait, so was your dad a connected guy? Oh, he was. Yeah, yes. I can talk about it now because he's not. So no point in researching anyone on the internet. Sure. Damn. You know so, what I mean? So he was. <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah. So he was. So your mom was his gumad. Mm-hmm. Oh, that was probably yeah. a fucking romantic fucking situation. Well, it's funny you say that because it really is. And they both can't, you know, they were never together together. They never got together. And they are completely madly, even though they would never admit it, in love with one another. They can Sometimes they sort of admit it if you get enough wine in one of them. But, <laughs> <laughs> the lasagna is good enough. Never, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah but they're like never together. So... 
Uh, I think my dad maybe assumed that my mom would get an abortion, but that was never an option. So she had me at 38. In fact, uh, this is one of the, the, one of the only points that I was able to really think about that I wanted to mention to you guys was that my oldest sister, who's I, like I said, either 18 or 20 years older than me. That's crazy. So check this out. You ready for this? She was pregnant with her first child while my mom was pregnant with me. We got back-to-back pictures of my mom and my oldest sister back-to-back with their bellies out in a fucking white trashy clip. What did your sister have, a boy or a girl? She had a girl. So your aunt is your age. I was an uncle at like uh, two or three months old. Yeah. That's your aunt. No, no, that's my niece. That's his that's niece. His that's niece. my niece. Oh my god! Yeah. This is like a fucking spider web of white Uncle trash. T- Uncle Tony, confuse me for a second. <laughs> At this point, I wouldn't be surprised if I had an aunt. That so, where, so where did they raise you? Did your did your did you just grow up in the house that your your mom lived in? What did what did her husband say? Did did her husband think that you were his kid for a while or? Uh, no, they separated almost immediately. Um, okay. that was the final, like, it was like, it was already over, over, but that was, and they wanted to be done with each other anyway. And it was just an absolute perfect excuse. So he was gone, but he wasn't like, he wasn't that, you know, he just wasn't, they weren't getting along anyway. So it wasn't that big of a deal. Now the four older brothers and sisters all sort of like helped out. It was like a panel of parents, but my mom ran the whole ship and I stayed with my mom and Um, In fact, because my father was sort of connected and, you know, wanted to keep things sort of uh, secret, my mom told me, right, my mom didn't want me going around to other kids and bragging about who my dad was, or even just saying, not bragging, but, you know, mentioning that my dad is blank and blank. You still got to keep your mouth shut in the family. It doesn't matter. (laughs) Loose lips, sink ships. A hundred percent. And I wasn't a really... I didn't know what was going on at the time. So when I was a little kid, she would tell me because my dad would come and visit. Like he was cool, especially when I was super young. And as I got, as I grew up at all to the point to where I might realize that this shit's weird and becoming an adult, I think he got less and less enticed by it. Like he's like good with kids. But like once I started showing like human qualities, he's like, oh, this fucking, this guy's (laughs) going to tell me I'm a bad father any minute now. (laughs) Yeah. Holy uh, shit. But anyway, they told me that my, my mom told me that my dad uh, was had a different name. She said that his name was like, I, I think it was Joe Smith or something like that. And, and he was uh, in the CIA or something. I, no, well, that's not what they tell you. Believe it or not, <laughs> they want you to keep something a secret. They don't tell you. If your friends ask, just say he's in the CIA. Uh, no. <laughs> I think it was like a truck driver or something. Or, That's why he's always gone for like, for periods of time. Your dad got hit by a train. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but no, he would come and visit sometimes. But the whole thing was that he was uh, Joe Smith and that he lived, you know, whatever. He doesn't come and visit because he lives way far away or something like that. I mean, he does visit, but it just wasn't that often. Sure, like once that's a why, week yeah. Or twice a week. And did their relationship... Did their relationship continue, though, like as you were growing up or did your mom meet somebody new? No, my mom uh, didn't meet anyone new around that time. Um, What ended up happening was that I think they stopped 
I think they stopped fucking like while she was pregnant with me or right immediately after I was born. I'm not exactly sure, but um, he ended up, see the big, the big move was with his family because like she found out somehow they were just, they were done too. But I think she heard rumors of um, there perhaps being another kid and sort of ended. It was just over. He moved on to someone else. Anyway, he fell in love again first but let me let me finish this one interesting part of the story you guys might want to know is that so they told me his name's joe smith and they told me he lived far away and one day and i can't remember it's like nine ten eight years old or something like that i'm on the bus picking up it's like a morning trip and we're picking up one of the kids that's on the bus route you know and i look across the street of jeff lewis's house and there is a white bronco uh, that my, the same exact car that my dad drove. So the, I, I looked at it and I'm like, that looks like my dad's car. So the next time my dad came to visit, I memorized his license plate. And then on the next bus trip, I matched the Bronco to the license plate. So that is how I found out that my father lived like six blocks away from me my entire childhood. Holy shit. That's Maybe fucking eight, nuts, nine, dude. Ten, Good yeah. for you and your fucking detective skills too. Yeah, as you were a like an well, eight-year-old kid like cop that. over here. I love it. Well, it was crazy because I ended up asking my mom about it that evening, and it's like a it was a crazy, trashy breakthrough day for us because she had to explain to me the entire story. I found it out so young and found out how different I was, and and uh, and you know that shit's just crazy when your mom's like, "Here's his real name," blah 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 blah. You're Italian as hell. Um, you're, you're that he's a, he's this and that and everything else. And here's why you have to keep it secret. Here's what's really going on. And a big part of me thought it was very cool. You know what I mean? But yes, also, dude. I mean, in the movie, psychology, natural psychology is also like, tells you like, Oh, your mom just lied the first decade of your life. About your <laughs> yeah. In the movie, you would grow up to become the mob boss of fucking Youngstown. That's how it would go. You would assume hey, your knows? rightful place at the fucking table. Your mom must have been stunned. That is such an Italian thing. I, yeah, yeah. I copied down the plate number, ma. He made the Bronco. Yeah. Tony made the Bronco. That's such like a fucking, that's such a guinea thing. Holy I love it. Holy shit. That is fucking uh, awesome. She would be cracking up if she could hear you say that because that's absolutely true. We laugh about it almost every well, a year. About around every Christmas time, I bring it up. And he's out there checking laugh. tire tracks in the driveway. <laughs> yeah, he's licking dirt. He was here two days ago. Those tracks are fresh. You fucking lied to me. <laughs> Wow, I, that's an enthralling story. That's insane. Is that common knowledge? Do people know that about you? Uh, I mean, if they put all the podcasts that it's I've together, ever done yeah. together, like in different, uh, if you lined it all up, but you know, I'm getting straight to the garbage here. Oh, that's a fucking story, dude. The twist and turns of that thing is nuts. We've never that. had anything like that. No, that's fucking. And also. And another huge factor is that I'm growing up on the north side of Youngstown, which at the exact time that I was growing up there, it's still one of the poorest city capita country. But when I was growing up, it was the crime capital of America per capita. Like Detroit and Chicago obviously might have a few more murders, but if you line up the population of Youngstown with the amount of people that were getting killed, it was something ridiculous. I think it was... I think it was we averaged one a day or something, which is crazy because there's like, I can't remember the exact statistics. I just remember it was horrible in the 
uh, you know, early 90s, mid 90s, late 90s. It's been horrible the whole time, but it was really especially bad. Then. So I'm being raised basically Italian white trash combo in an all what had become an all black uh, neighborhood that was getting arsoned out a lot of gangs because now they were cracking down on the Italian mob in Youngstown. So uh, all the black gangs took over and it became sort of like a turf war, but not really because the black gangs were just doing like sort of um, different kinds of crimes than the Italians were doing because uh, Goodfellas and all those movies made the mafia like seem cool. So Mm -hmm. they cracked down on it big time. I mean, that's why I'm guessing they cracked down on it. I'm not exactly sure, but they just weren't having it back then. So, um, so that's the crazy neighborhood that I grew up in. It's just, it, it was just a bunch of like a bunch of rugrats in the poorest, dirtiest um, part of town. First, like 13, 14 years of my life. Damn, damn, dude. The way you explain that, it, you're like a sociology teacher or professor or something like that. That is fucking articulate. That's shit. a hell of a treatment. Yeah. Get someone right in that. No thing. kidding. That's it's just something that I would. Yeah, it's I've had to put the it's something that you have to reflect on when it's your dog shit story. You know what I mean? <laughs> so was there, hold on. What would your mom do for a living? That's so, so funny you mentioned that. The one thing I was just going to throw in there was that uh, another reason my mom and dad stopped hanging for sure was just after I was born, my mom was going through a green light and some guy had just stolen a car a few blocks away and T-boned her at like 80 miles an hour and rolled the car eight or nine times. So it like destroyed her spinal cord, um, which was, which was pretty rough. Uh, but she would, she would have, it would have been better if she wouldn't have, uh, I think she ended up really enjoying pain pills during that time, during the first. So does the big man. Good part. Yeah. Hey, oh, <laughs> always set up a sit down. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, but, you know, that was then. And it certainly had a lot to do with her back. But um, did she go back yeah, to work so after she, that? No, she was basically bedridden. And she at the time was uh, running a lot of the entire numbers operation for all of that uh company what? in Youngstown. I thought I was gonna say she yeah. worked at the nail counter at Boscov's yeah. or something like that. Holy shit. Dude, any any woman no. running numbers well, is a tough broad. Not only was she running it, I mean running it, running it. She was like one of the and again I can talk about this now because I know for a fact that she would laugh about it because okay. I've already talked about it before and it's silly. But you know, she was like a she was like on the boss side of things that yeah, really? not just not just collecting or or even um or even you know keeping of the numbers. She was truly doing it all and at a very high level, and with some people that were tremendously to those to that level of uh, gambling and things like that. It was crazy. phone calls all day. In fact, here's a good one. I'll tell you, you sparked a good memory. Is Holy that when I was shit. a tiny little kid, yeah, I saw the house. And you know how, how obviously you're not going to have give someone your real name. Um, <laughs> I can't. Okay, I'll make up a fake name. But I don't do the actual fake name that she was. And some fucking guy's son ends up doing the math that my mom was. Anyway, so we'll say like, you know, say her name was Karen, right? Her name, uh, you know, uh, in that world would be 
carry, I guess. We'll just say, for sure. example, right? Okay. So one day I'm a little kid, and you know how when you were a little kid and there were landlines and shit, I don't know you guys are, that you would pick up the yeah. phone sometimes to be like cute or adorable or whatever. Sure. And uh, so the phone's ringing one day, and let's say my mom's name is Karen, and okay, and the person asks for, uh, they go, hello, is Carrie there? And I go, no, she lives here. And I hung up and it happened a couple times. And eventually I, uh, I said to my mom, I go, you know, Hey mom, a bunch of people been calling here lately asking for somebody named Carrie. Saying they want to put a nickel on I the giants. To, I swear to God, she literally is like, Tony, if anyone ever called here asking for Carrie, you put me on the phone. And it stood out to me as so weird. Even though I was young, I'm like, why would you be Carrie? <laughs> and then later on, again, of course, we figure these things out. And also, Holy she's just shit. very, like, yeah, she's very open and cool about it because they know they're just completely out free. You know what I mean? It's sure, not like yeah. how it is in the in Youngstown, it's not like how it is in the movies where it's like, you, you, once you're in, you either die or you go to prison. It's, you know, when they're cracking, when they were cracking down on stuff during that time, during the real ending part, people are like, okay, we're, we're out. Yeah. We're getting out. Figure something. Now, was that something that was in your mom's family? Like, you know, she didn't just start doing that on her own, right? I have to assume her parents. That was basically, what's interesting is that was basically my dad's version of child support for her. Yeah. I was like, I'll let you run the, I'll let you run the numbers. Yeah. Have the fucking kid. And then you're taking over this entire territory of uh numbers this is Holy your job shit. now so it came it's from yours. your dad's side yeah. and was yeah. his family yeah, obviously my dad was, was his family was ingrained in the mob like his parents and it's always you know it's not always families again that's another sort of like misconception it's, yeah there's families and you can be part of a family i mean you you know if you're there's a lot of independent people that are part of a family sure. it's not like a family thing where it actually runs in the family that's like you know godfather levels of stuff i don't think that's really how it operates the last 20 years i mean maybe i'm wrong shit man <laughs> dude i had no idea Duh, about any of this no idea well so yeah, it's like a hot italian garbage it's hot italian white trash garbage uh, I love it. But as like, far as like your your upbringing, like you know, like when you when you were a little kid, when you think back, like you know, when you're a little kid, you were like you know, there was still like you know, there was a home, there was you know, cartoons, there was all that kind of stuff, right? All that stuff was was pretty much normal. Uh, no, it was pretty trashy. So it was, um, <laughs> you know, we had, we, we, even though again, my mom, you know, had that what what would seem from the outside to be an unbelievably. Uh, you know, financially beneficial job. It really wasn't that great. She would make sure that I had a new pair of Nikes when the school year started. And she would make sure that I had a couple new like outfits. But other than that, you know, uh, it was, I would, I, 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 there was a lot of Pepsi. She would let me drink as much soda as I wanted as a kid. Oh yeah. Just now cute. we're talking. Four pack. We would always have those on the basement stairs. I feel like when the mom lets the father slip out of the child's life, they, they overcompensate with mm-hmm. like disgusting foods that they, aren't good lessons. They go easy with the sugar cereal restrictions. Yeah. Oh, I mean, it's crazy. I remember eating just slices of American, that craft American cheese, individual American cheese. I would just go through it. Where was your mom's side of the family? Where was your grandparents and cousins and all that shit? Are they in the mix? Three out of my four grandparents were dead when I was born. 
my one grandma that was alive just passed away last year at 100 years old. That's Dang. my mom's mom. Everyone else was already dead because everybody was having me late. You know, my yes. mom, I think, ah, was 30 Jesus. when she had me. I think my dad was 39. So, so you had you know, no like cousins your age or anything like that. I mean, had a niece sort of age. in the way that, like, yeah, I had nieces and nephews around my age, but and I also had cut my. I consider my cousins like this whole group of family that my mom ended up dating after my dad. A whole nother crazy Italian family that was gigantic and ridiculous, and that was, you know, we would visit there on like the holidays and stuff. Um, and hang out with them. So Dude, I consider crazy. them my cousins. That's like the origin story. Yeah, you should be like a master jewel thief or like a, yeah. an art thief in Europe or have your own fucking crew or something <laughs> or a vigilante. You should you should be Batman, <laughs> technically. <laughs> you really, that's uh, fucking that's a wild story. Dude, that's the wildest story we've had thus far. No doubt. You said no. I should be Batman, and meanwhile, I told you earlier, my car almost exactly like the Batman. <laughs> so we're fulfilling a prophecy. Dude, the yellow racing stripes is yeah. over-the-top garbage, that's and I love crazy. every second of it. Dude, that's... It's not really. It seems like it, but it's not along the whole side. It's just on the two front divots. you got to see it. It, it, seems, it sounds more like garbage than it looks. Uh, did your pop ever have a car uh, like that, or was it always like something indiscreet, like the white Bronco or something like that? White Bronco, black Suburban after that. You know, it, it evolved. I remember that's when I was like super young, and having a white Bronco back then was cool. I think OJ ruined that for everybody. Yeah, he, <laughs> yeah. Put, he put the kibosh uh, on the Bronco a for a decade at least. <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> that but, car was uh, hot another garbage after thing about Juice me. got it. Another garbage thing about me that I thought of when I mentioned the Pepsi that my mom would let me drink any amount of that I wanted was uh, was that she always drank iced tea and I always just drank soda and she never really taught me how important or <laughs> yeah how important just drinking straight regular water is. Oh, like, I dude, they, they didn't even talk about water in the nineties. No. It didn't even exist. I was Sprite. If you wanted to rehydrate, you drank Sprite. That's that's what you did. That was like a that was like a light soda with Sprite. I never got like a talk about this from anyone, and I literally accidentally taught myself it. Really, only in the past year mm -hmm. did I really learn. Like, oh, I thought water was just like if you got fat, you have to drink water. If this or that, but I didn't realize that it would like, <laughs> mentally at all calm you down or make you feel good in sure. any way other than, um, or better than any beverage. I just always thought every beverage was equal. In fact, I yeah. thought water was garbage because it seemed like it was the base nothing It's got thing. no bubbles, yeah, no lemon it, lime. It comes, it's free in the kitchen. Who the fuck wants that? <laughs> Give me an ice cold screaming Pepsi. I swear to God, I'm not kidding. I'm 36. I spent the first 35 years of my life fucking dehydrated, and I had yeah, no dude. idea. With, like, tight, dry skin I mean, and shit? Yeah. And I mean hungover, hungover, drinking whatever, not mm -hmm. realizing, like, oh, water, just straight water is really the trick. And I would see people, you know, out here in L.A. and, like, at meetings or at whatever, you know, fancy schmancy bullshit, and they'd always have water, and I'm like, what a boring douchebag yeah. that idiot is. And Dude, remember going to the... It's like, oh, their brain, brain is off. 
Hey, Chief, let me get a cherry Pepsi stack. <laughs> yeah. Remember, dude, going over someone's house for dinner and they would give you a water? Oh. I'd be like, where the fuck is the Coke, dude? Ugh. Like, I'm, not, I'm supposed to sit here, have spaghetti and water? What is this, jail? Get the fuck out of here. It was always water in a cup with no ice, too. I yeah. fucking savages. Not savages. Would you rock the uh, Would you rock the three liter of Pepsi, or were you a traditional two liter family? Definitely done the three liter. Uh, you know, I mean, that was that was something that I had. I went through it all, man. I remember when Surge debuted. I was like the only person <laughs> in line at the grocery store. <laughs> Tony camped out for Surge. <laughs> yeah, like it was the new pair of uh, Kanye shoes. Easy. <laughs> Uh, the local great, news yeah. is there interviewing you, <laughs> waiting in line. Crystal clear Pepsi. Oh yeah, I, mean, I was like, a, man, I was a disgusting, disgusting child. Um, I used to every uh, Monday as a kid, I had this my own routine that I would do, where I would, uh, you know, those frozen like Mrs. T's pierogies in the freezer. Oh, oh yeah. big frozen oh, pierogi yeah. family. Woo! Yeah, so my mom taught me. My mom found a way to uh, get out of cooking or having any food needed for Mondays at all, because my tradition was right before pro wrestling would come on, which I think started at eight every Monday. God, so at like yeah. seven, at seven 30, I would set up a TV tray in the living room. Oh. I would go to a frying pan. I'd put a couple dollops of, or I'd slice some onions and I'd put them in a frying pan with a couple dollops of butter. And I let those melt down while the water boils. And then you dump the Mrs. T's whole dozen pierogies right in a, fucking pot of boiling water and you throw the onions and butter on top of the fucking potato pierogies when you're done and watch pro wrestling and eat frozen pierogies with a giant Pepsi every how, Monday. How, like a nine-year-old sous chef. Yeah, what how, the fuck? how old were you? How old were you when you were doing this? Again, you know, not that, not nine, 10, 11, but I mean, we're talking, it was young. I remember like, it being like up there, I remember like having to sometimes. If you're like, sautéing onions, you're on ahead of your show. time as a teenager. Yeah, if you're sautéing <laughs> onions at twelve to watch pro wrestling in a TV tray, you're they're a divorced dad at that <laughs> yeah. point. Holy shit! Well, an, in an interesting fun fact that I could probably rationalize that on is that <laughs> my father uh, is like a a world class chef that owned his uh. own owned his own restaurant as well, and my mom also is uh, like extremely competitive in that field. Not like actually competitive, but like, for example, my mom makes such good red regular spaghetti sauce with like meatballs and sausage mm -hmm. and pork. You guys know what I'm talking about here in New York, right? Yeah, of yeah, course. Yeah. Like spaghetti sauce. Yeah. I'm starving right now. <laughs> so, and my father... Right, sorry. And my father, like I said, has owned an Italian restaurant my whole life. So, and if it's a big deal, cooks specifically at that restaurant. My brother on his side, on my father's side, is like one of those whatever, as big as a chef gets, types of chef. He ended up Damn. being an executive chef at this fancy joint in Vegas, ended up buying the place, and now has a chain of those places in Vegas. Whatever. No big deal. But they're, they're crazy cooks. They like do it in their sleep. Anyway, my father, who's owned an Italian restaurant his whole life, his favorite sauce is my mom's sauce. And basically, and I know everybody says this, but yeah, I'm yeah, going to yeah. say it here. My mom's sauce truly is the best sauce. And gotcha. I've had people over. My, she actually sends it out to me regularly here in Los Angeles. She 
she makes it and then she chills it and then she freezes it into blocks and then she puts it into a frozen box and mails it to me. Oh my God. And we'll God. have giant spaghetti dinners. Me and my friends will just boil noodles and thaw it out and fucking do it. But what I was going to say was, is that my mom never gave my dad the recipe. So one of the fun things about the relationship is that he would start craving the sauce and you know what I mean? She would have, you know, mm-hmm. it was one of those things. She had complete control over him because he's such a fucking <laughs> big goofy Italian guy that he needed the sauce, whether he wanted to fuck or not or whatever, see sure. me or whatever the situation was. Eventually, he would just start sweating because you need to have the sauce. Once you have it, once you have it regularly, then you need I it. hate that woman, but God damn it, I love her sauce. She keeps me I'm coming back. So, so they did, so but... Real. So they did cook for you when you were a kid. You weren't you weren't on your own. Your mom your mom was a homemaker to a, to a degree. To a degree when she did, but again, you got to realize that back injury really really took a huge toll on uh, her during my childhood. It was quite bizarre. So she ended up getting better as time went on because I think it was mostly the pain pills. No one I don't think anyone was talking about it back then. You know, no, I think you yeah. I think something like that happens in the late 80s and your doctor says, hey, take this. Congratulations. Have fun. It might yeah, it be fun. And then you're like, what? Wow. Ooh. The doctor said I can take this. Yeah. This is fucking crazy. And nobody, I think, was talking about addiction or anything back then. So I think that I think she just had a little bit of that like touch of like Requiem for a Dream, like that lady. I mean, she wasn't sure. on speed, but it's like that lady that just loses herself in it. And then next thing you know, she's getting more and more and more. And um, so it really like mellowed her out. And then over, um, you know, probably when I was about 13, 14, 15 is when she was, got a lot more like mobile. Gotcha. If that makes sense. Because the back injury was one thing and the pain pill thing was another. Yeah. So. How about your dad's joint? You know. Did you get to go and eat there and shit like that? Did you grow nope. up in that restaurant? What? Nope. Nope. Oh, what the um, fuck? So, okay, so here's a good one. Here's a, here's another I'm fun one. Fucking lose it. Foley's not upset about the chi- about like the the non-payment of child support or the numbers ring. He's like, you couldn't get a bowl of spaghetti. Yeah, you couldn't get a fucking. You didn't have it. I figured he'd like bring you to work with them and you'd sit in the corner. Nah, man. Like, they, have... they lied to him. He said he lived fucking. He was a truck driver, Joe Smith. Meanwhile, he's oh, three blocks sucks, away. Man. A fucking right. mob-owned Italian restaurant. That's all I ever want to eat at. Yeah, even though I, uh, even though I did the math on it and checked my mom, and she told me, and then we had a talk with him, and obviously she told him. He knows. He figured it out. Here's how he did it. Blah 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 blah. But he never told his family. A giant, massive, old-school Italian family. So it remained just a rumor. They had. An idea, you know, I told a few of my close, close friends, I'm like, don't tell anybody, but my dad's actually blah, 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 blah. And of course, they went and asked their mom, like, hey, mom, Tony says his dad's really blah, 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 blah. And they go, no, he's not. And then they would come back to me like, my mom said that your dad's not really that guy. And that, that times like that when you're a kid, that's where it sucks a little oh, bit. Yeah. But anyway, uh, so what's cool, What's here's a crazy Here's a crazy one for you. So I'm bartending. I move out to LA right after high school, after spending a little bit of time at college, but I moved to LA almost immediately. And I, long story short, run out of money fast. So I have to go back to Youngstown to save money for a few months. So I pick up uh, working lunch shifts at this other Italian restaurant. Um, 
And one day it's rented out for like one of those banquets. It's like a, uh, whatever, 30 year high school reunion, something like that. And I'm bartending and I'm bartending and I'm slinging drinks like crazy, just busy as hell. You know, what can I get you? What can I get you? Cause it's like open bar or something like that. And, um, I get to this one lady and I'm like, what, what can I get you? And she's looking at me like she had just seen a ghost. I mean, just completely locked in on my eyes. And she goes, is your father blank? And then she said his name and I go, um, and I go, yes. And, but I knew immediately who it was, even though I had never seen her or never met her before. And that was his original wife. It was her high school reunion. And when she saw me look at her bartending, this kid, she saw her, the man that she fell she in did, love with yeah. 30, wow. 30 years earlier. Cause I look a lot like what he did when he was younger. He looks like what his dad looks like. It's a very, whatever dominant gene or something like that. And, um, and she so this, she was really free. This is out. like days of our lives. Fucking mob edition. This Dude. is nuts. So here's what's interesting is that is when she said, because obviously she has, she had a lot of control over him somehow, even though they'd been obviously broken up forever. Well, she's the mother of his two actual, you know, children, but she found it unacceptable that they didn't know me and that they, she was like, you need to come clean with your entire family. He deserves to know your entire family. You need to, we're going to introduce them to his brother and sister. So she's the one that brought justice to it. So I didn't actually even eat at my father's restaurant and meet my father's entire family until I think it was, um, 19 or 20 years old. She brought you back in <laughs> Dude, we get Shiloh the buff to play you. Wow. I don't fucking know. Meg Ryan for the stepmom, dude, this is, this is a fucking movie. Let's go. Holy shit. So what happened when you met them? I forgot I was on a podcast. So, I was dude. enthralled by the story. I'm like, I, I paint the picture. I see you at the ball. It's fucking. So tell us about the first time you walked into your dad's uh, restaurant to have dinner with the family. Well, it's funny. The first thing that I noticed was there's like old pictures, old Italian <laughs> pictures in like the hallway when you first open the door. And, uh, and the craziest thing is I didn't even know that my dad when I just said that, I did uh, earlier. I got, I said my dad looks like his dad, but I didn't know that until mm-hmm. I look on this wall, and one of the first things I see is this very clearly. I'm guessing had to be World War One picture. Is that right? What fucking year was that? Could thirties? Could have been yeah. One. Now 1918, 1917. That's where you're talking okay. World War One. So okay, World, then World War Two. That makes more sense. Yeah. Yeah. The picture looked old as shit. It looked older than World War II. I don't know what it was. You've never seen a family member before. (laughs) (laughs) I can imagine. Yeah. And I'll tell you what. What the fuck do I know? Yeah. Yeah. And I'll tell you what. I would have went back and got one of those fucking kids that made fun of you for saying that you were lying, brought his punk ass into the restaurant, and had a couple of goons slap him around (laughs) Why I ate fucking ziti to set them straight. Yeah. The prince has returned. This is like the Lion King. No, I mean, it really is. And, uh, and it was, it was absolutely unbelievable. It was ridiculous. I mean, I did the family accept you. Oh my God. It was beyond accepting. It was, they were over the top. They couldn't believe that they had this like 
you know, and I'm telling them like, well, that, that's cool and all like I'm every my answer to everybody was even though I hadn't even tried it yet. I'm like, I'm moving back to Los Angeles and I'm going to become a stand up comedian. And they're like, oh, that's fucking great. When you're there, check out the Ciro's nightclub. Like, that's a cool thing. I remember specifically is this old lady being like, you have to go to Ciro's. I was there when I was a little kid and uh, or when I was much younger and it's the best club in all of Hollywood. And it turns out, of course, as you may know, Ciro's. Yeah became the comedy, comedy store, store in 1972. Yeah. yeah. One of my old Italian aunts that I'm just meeting is like, when you get out there, you make sure you go to Ciro's. You'll have the best night of your life. And I've spent like, I don't know, 10,000 10, plus nights there. Since oh my then. God, That's that crazy. is a fucking... I mean, you have to truly imagine being, it's like being drafted to uh, the coolest team in some sport, like some, the, the Yankees of old or the whatever, the... Uh, you know, the Miami heat back in that crazy time. Like it's like you're joining an Italian family. You just got drafted to a real fucking super authentic Italian family. And they're like, Hey, it's the weirdest party ever. It was like a super birthday party. Wait, they actually had a party for you. Like they, they love you. They had a party welcoming you into the family. It was like a whole fucking, it was a whole shebang. Cause that was moving. I want to fucking cry. It ended up being like the, (laughs) <laughs> this is the book this is fucking this is insane you have what, to be writing this i would what, assume i mean it's already it's already written you know what i mean it's 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 just history it's, you can get dice you know, to play your dad yeah. oh yeah get dice to play your dad <laughs> again another absolute funny thing that you mentioned that because he <laughs> is exactly like my dad he talks exactly like my dad that's exactly who and what i always thought when, even when I was a kid and I'd see Dice on like HBO or whatever, I'm like, wow, that's just like my dad. I mean, he's not that, you know, he doesn't wear like muscle shirts and gloves and shit, but, yeah, if, yeah, yeah. If, you know, Dice and like, I don't know. He's not walking Jasmine around doing nursery whatever, rhymes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Your dad's walking up the tables in the right. restaurant. Hickory dickory right. duck. Let me ask you this. How was the food at your old man's joint after all that yeah. time? Top shelf? You yeah. know. Absolutely. Absolutely unbelievable. And I go back there now every year since then um, around Christmas time and he shuts down, you know, the whole joints shut down and I go in there and I can bring whatever friends or whoever I bring with me. I know where I'm going. I know where I'm going this Christmas. That's fucking awesome. he, he He shuts it all the way down and you sit at the bar and he just keeps bringing out courses, everything except for, I I never, and he knows this. Like the one thing I would never get there is regular red sauce with yeah. meatballs and sausage and pork because it's just it's just silly. It, that would be you know that would be like um, you know the way my mom makes spaghetti sauce. It would be like fucking if uh, Pablo Escobar did someone else's just, cocaine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. He's <laughs> like, no, I got, I'm good. I, I, I got, I got, I got this at the house. I'm not, I'm not eating this stepped on shit. You kidding me? Yeah, yeah. Shit's watered down. I can taste the fucking bacon yeah, soda. Get out of here. Dude, I mean, I literally, you have to understand, I have fucking Gladlock bo- blocks of my mom's sauce at all times for the last, I've lived out here for, you know, continuously now for like 14 or 15 years. And there's always an emergency reserve just in case. All you need is noodles. Oh, man. So he still owns it. He still operates it. Is that kind of the last thing that he has that he's that he's doing? He kept the restaurant after everything, after the dust settled? He just closed it. 
he just closed it like three or four weeks ago. That's it. The uh, pandemic hit hard and he was done anyway. You know, he's a, he's, he's an old, he's an old, he's gotta be older. Yeah. And I'm surprised he didn't close it down sooner. Obviously you guys have a pretty solid relationship now. Everything has been somewhat mended to a degree and. Yeah. Super, super cool. Um, and you're in, close in the, with in your the best of ways like this last trip. Yeah. This last trip, for example, I took my entire podcast crew with me cause we were doing, you know, crazy sold out shows. We had it routed Columbus, Pittsburgh, Cleveland, and Youngstown's right between Pittsburgh and Cleveland. So, uh, um, I had, uh, Brian Redband and Jeremiah Watkins and Joel Jimenez, the Joel and Jeremiah, the band for, mm-hmm. we had podcast. Jeremiah on. Yeah. yeah. Oh, lovely. Yeah. yeah, he's definitely garbage. He's, I yeah, he <laughs> has another wild garbage fucking. There's like the. They were like. They were doomsday preppers with like fucking. Oh, yeah. They were like strapped to the teeth with guns and shit. He's real Midwest trash. Real Midwest mm-hmm. trash. But this last time, so like we got in. What was the order of events? We had a whole day off in Youngstown. I set it up that way. And what we did was we hung out in the afternoon with my mom. We rolled up from Columbus, two and a half hour drive. So we get there, we'll say noon or whatever. And we fucking eat pasta like you wouldn't believe. Like, I mean, truly like mounds of this shit. And then you finish it and you're like, well, I'm definitely not going to have seconds. I don't know why Tony's mom is saying, you know, when you get up, just get it yourself. The thongs like I'm I'm not going to need more pasta than this, but. You know, everybody does. It's crazy. You just have to picture the I super want it addicting so sauce. I want it I can't. So, so I we know. blocked that off. On, I'm sorry. We blocked that off on Friday afternoon. I stayed at my mom's place. They, I, they were all at a hotel right around the corner. They got to rest up for a few hours. And then we all went to my dad's place. Bottles of red wine galore. Peppers and uh, peppers and oil with the craziest bread that just fucking melts away. Um and then course, 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 salad, uh, minestrone, like, you know, gourmet everything. Yeah. Fuck. It's, it's fancy salad, fancy soup, fancy appetizers, calamari, this, that, you know, unbelievable pasta dish. But when I, when I do eat at my dad's place, I get the uh, seafood pasta. It's incredible. That is, his, that class, is one that's of a classy order too. Seafood pasta. That's a, a fucking top shelf well, it, order. It's a, it's a, it's and it is, but it's a bold order at a fancy joint or a steakhouse or an Italian restaurant because it's it's risky business. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't know when the seafood comes in, you don't know who's sure. cooking it. It's and plus the the mixers. There's so many things that can go wrong. Well, that's why it has to be done pasta. so well. But not at your pops, though, huh? Right. The seafood came in today. What are you talking about? It's fresh. A hundred percent. He would never in a million years. <laughs> yes, that's not something you order at a diner. Stuff. No one's ordering the seafood That's the one pasta. thing about wise guys. They'll do a lot of shit, but I'll tell you what. They ain't eating, fu- ain't eating old fucking seafood. No. The muscles better be fresh when out it, of the When water. it comes to shellfish, mobsters, <laughs> yeah. it's top shelf. They're not getting the day old. <laughs> It ain't happening. Dude, how about that? And you're fucking even, with even that, in that prison. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. We got a little bit of a delay. Yeah. Even, even in that prison in Goodfellas, that size of that ice chest that they <laughs> yeah. put those lobsters. They pull the fucking big fresh lobsters. Yeah. Damn. Dude, the is cool. I want to hang out with Tony's parents dude. on Christmas. And, and fucking, dude, mm-hmm. successful stand-up. You're doing a fucking sold-out show 
all around that area, and you come home with your whole crew. Talk about fucking local redemption dude, story. Local boy makes good. Fucking an ostracized kid on the fucking playground. Didn't know who his family was. Everything was kept a fucking secret. When rightfully so, you should have been running the town at 13. Meanwhile, you're making your own fucking pierogies watching wrestling, and look at how that fucking story ends. That's fucking insane. And, you know, without a doubt, that's without a doubt, that's what... Yeah, but without a doubt, the two are correlated. You know what I mean? Sure. It's not like a coincidence. Of I course, think that yeah. if, I, if I had obviously normal parents and some boring, normal, what people think is a right childhood, then you end up with what? No work ethic, no fucking inner hunger, not growing up fast, all that stuff. But, but to mention, I'll, I'll throw one more cool thing in there because you made me think of it when you're like, what a redemption story. What a fun trip to Youngstown was that on top of all that, I had to squeeze in on that first day on that Friday that we got in. I remember now though I dropped those guys off at the hotel. And before going back to my mom's after pasta, I had to go to the other side of town and do a podcast with boom, boom, Mancini, who's from Youngstown. He's like a God where I'm from. He's the biggest, the biggest deal. And he, he just started his first ever podcast. That's a very famous boxer that, uh, former champion of the world that of killed course. a man in front of uh, all of America. You guys probably know this, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Boo Mancini, baby, wow. of course. So you can imagine he's born and raised from Youngstown, gave back to the city when he became a champion. He's literally a god there. So the only thing cooler than all that and having those magical times and getting to most importantly share it with a few friends is – Going, having to run an errand like, oh, I'm in Youngstown. Oh, I got to go do Boom Boom Mancini's podcast. Yeah, that's why. Yeah, that's just like an like odd sentence to even say. Yeah. Yeah. It's like being in Washington, D.C. and having to go do George Washington's podcast. <laughs> that's fucking making it, baby. I'll tell you what, man. I liked you before. I fucking love you now. I'm in your fucking corner. That is a fucking tale of tales right there. Holy fucking Thank shit. How do you not get behind this guy? I fucking, I mean. And I think, you know, a lot of the douchebaggery that I do come across as and the braggadocious, you know, cringeworthy stuff that I say and do a lot is is because of as cheesy as it sounds that. Like, I know what I've been through. Like, Mm -hmm. it's, you know, I don't mind playing the bad guy. I feel like I can always eventually win it back and you know, sort of play the heel and um, enjoy that part of things because it doesn't get any wackier than what I've already been through. I want to open up the movie, all right, fucking an exterior shot of your mom's house in the evening, probably like on a fall day, and we kind of just go into the house. It says Youngstown, whatever year, and it goes in. You can slowly hear the wrestling on this fucking small TV. You see the TV stand in the living room with the old couch, and it fucking goes in, and there's a fucking young Tony Hinchcliffe cutting up fucking fucking onions, onions. making his own fucking dinner, (laughs) and then fucking do the juxtaposition, like, your dad, what's going on with that and all that stuff, and fucking just build it up from there. Oh, my God. Final scene, he peels out in a Corvette with yellow racing stripes. Fucking you driving down the PCH in the fucking vet. Fucking doing eighty with your hair blowing back. I'm serious. That's fucking. And I'm awesome. serious. You guys should have. You guys should have seen. Literally today, there I am flying southbound <laughs> on the 101 at 100 <laughs> miles an hour. As douchey as it sounds. Like, oh with man, a, you fucking earned it, baby. All the way up. 
loud music all the way up. Just having the time of my life. I played golf at Pebble Beach this weekend. I found golf four months ago. Now I'm addicted to golf. Ah, uh, yeah. I'm an asshole. Look, look at you. Fucking look at He's you. also, I mean, he, uh, you know, from trash, but he's the only guy to ever wear a collared shirt as a guest on the podcast. That's a, so. Is that a William Murray golf shirt? That's classy. Who's that? Was that a pig? I don't know. I, I'm Whatever whatever looked good on Amazon, my friend. <laughs> Amazon, Amazon. If you, if anyone who doesn't shop at for everything on Amazon deserves to die now. I could see Tony going into the pro shop at a country club and fucking just buying it out. Give me two of those, three yeah. of those, four of those. Take it off the mannequin. I need it. Let's go. I'll catch catch me on the first tee box. Wow. Holy I'm shit. Not, I'm not, I, there's no theme in my game. I do go to those pro shops at fancy uh, in fancy uh, golf courses, and I go straight for the clearance rack. And I make <laughs> oh, jokes. Yeah. yeah, you're garbage. You're going to have a little bit in you. You sure. know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> fucking 120 for a shirt. Get the fuck out of here. Yeah. No, you can find some good ones there, though. You'd be surprised. Of course. Wow. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, what a fucking episode. What a fucking tale. We really didn't get the question. I don't think we got to any. Yeah, one question. Because that was just fucking gripping as I've ever. If you you like Tony before, you got to love him now. And I don't care who you are, who you know, what it is. Get fucking behind this fucking. Buddy, you got to fucking. I'm rooting for you, kid. I fucking love that. That was a fucking Thanks. story. Fantastic. Thank you. Uh, 100% garbage. Yeah. Gotta Unfortunately, give you, that. you are <laughs> trash. Yikes. But you are the fucking garbage it. boss. I'll tell you that yeah, right there. Boss of garbage. There you go. You fucking earned it. Talk, about, f- talk about being the head of the sanitation department. It's fucking Tony Inchcliffe. You drive that fucking veteran out L.A. blasting Dean Martin, whoever you want, kid. You fucking earned it. <laughs> <laughs> Buddy, is there anything you want the uh, anything you want the gang out there to know other than kill Tony? What do you got coming up? You getting back out on the road? What's the story? I'd say yeah, I've got some dates coming up uh, in the middle of November. Going back to visit Austin and Dallas for the first time in a while. And uh, other than that, I took the rest of the year off. It's uh, pretty easy breezy. Just kill Tony. Just hanging out with the crew, having fun in a big giant uh, empty main room of the comedy store. Normally with 550 people yeah. in there and uh now You're there's about nine. there's about nine people in the room so we're we're doing something right uh, absolutely buddy fucking the show's unbelievable the fucking story's unbelievable his podcast is unbelievable he's one of the guys fucking charging through the future in the fucking entertainment industry and we could not be more happy to have you and hear that fucking tale buddy thank you so much for fucking you- being a part of the show we loved it yeah ma'am you guys are absolutely great. It was fun to uh, fun to share the story with you. you. Guys are doing great work over there. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks, brother. Kippy, Appreciate what it. do you got? Uh, the folks out there, they got to know before we get out of here. As always, just make sure you rate, review, subscribe on iTunes. Full video available on YouTube, and check us out on that Patreon.com/slash RU Garbage. Yes, so guys, the next time you hear us, we'll be coming at you from uh, from our own studio, our new digs. Again, baby. we thank Gash Digital for everything. We love you guys, and hope that you continue on this journey with us, and hope that you continue to support Gash Digital. Tony, one more time thank you so much buddy we uh we really appreciate you you coming on we'll see you gang later Peace. peace